0: styling to stay or sell with peony and silk curator space that will whisper welcome home as they walk through the door peonyandsilk.com.au hi everyone welcome to the styling to stay or sell podcast my name's Jackie i'm the creative director of peony and silk Property Styling which is based in Warners Bay in the Newcastle region. Thank you very much for joining us today. Today we are talking to Trudy Cox from Edie Lifestyle. Edie Lifestyle is a local homewares brand and which was founded by Trudy in 2004. It's a favourite amongst retailers and designers alike who have a keen eye for quality aesthetic and a timeless fashion. Edie represents timeless elegance and affordable luxury and the brand seeks to find beauty and comfort in the everyday. Every piece in the collections are proudly unique with colourways being hand-dipped in India by Trudy herself and the fabrics are developed exclusively for Edie in natural Euro linens, textural cotton jacquards and exquisite velvet. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast, Trudy.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I'm a massive
0: fan of your brand oh, and I you. think it's really wonderful as a property stylist to be able to support a fellow Newcastle business, especially when they do such fantastic quality stuff. One of the first items I I actually thought I've got down here that, you know, the Lucas series is one of your, you know, sort of well known it's sort of like this the collection that you're really well known for. And I thought initially it was one I of my about- yeah, yeah, and I thought initially it was yeah. the first purchase of yours that I, I made, but I actually, it was a green silk cushion of yours that I purchased, and that was a while ago. Oh, wow, that's uh, going back a, a long, long time. time. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I, I don't yeah. I don't use that so much now, but the Luca cushions that I've got are still on high rotation in our warehouse, and we've recently bought some newer ones, um, which we love using in high-end premium properties, because I think... That's a really great reflection of your brand. Well, thank you. Why do you think the Luca is is still sort of the one that people think of when it comes to edie lifestyle?
1: Look, it's definitely um, it's definitely a style that that just it continues to be our bestseller and, yeah. and it is our signature sub brand. I guess. Yeah. You no. Know? Um, yeah. And, and that wasn't. Um, that wasn't planned that way. It's just how it's evolved. Um, I like yeah. Can Luca with you know uh, buying. A, a really great cut, well-cut suit, you know, that will stand the test of time. Um, it's We um, garment dye our our Luca. So the, it, it looks like a really beautiful, simple cushion, but the process behind, the production process behind that is quite complicated and quite challenging. And I'm yet to find any other supplier that can match it. It's a really, really uh, quite an intricate process yeah. to get that really sort of casual, lived-in, loved sort of look. So I think, you know, one, it's it's woven to aspects and thread counts. So I found it very difficult to, to – we don't use any off-the-shelf the stock or fabric. We, we no, weave everything no. from scratch. But we made that a very, very dense – it's 300 GSM plus linen uh, weave. So it, it's, it's really, really um, hardy and it's great for high-traffic areas. It yeah. gets better and softer with yeah. wash. So I think it's just a really great staple piece that people are – you know, happy to invest in and it does stand the test of time. So, and it doesn't, it's not affected by trends or fashion or, you know.
0: No, that's exactly what I was going to say. And I think that's sort of, Part of your brand and why people love it—it's because it's timeless. Oh, thank you. You know, you're not necessarily trend focused, not at all, so much as yeah. I think that's really fantastic. Being aware
1: of trends actually puts me off my game. Yeah, I, I deliberately uh, block everything out. You know, yeah. don't yeah. ask me about Pantone color of the year or. Oh God, or, I don't even uh, know I this year. <laughs> No, I don't know, and I don't want to know because. And um, really, you know, I know that we lend stock out to magazines a lot and that type of thing, and I'm so grateful that that we have that interest. But I actually deliberately don't don't look at them that much because I don't want to be. It takes me away from the organic design process of Edie, which I think is what keeps us timeless. You know, so it's um yeah yeah it's I'm quite protective of that. I don't want to know what's going on and what everybody else is doing. Yeah. It's part of that sort of create, don't compete,
0: stay in your own lane, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. And I think as a property stylist I sort of have to do the same thing because it's really easy to get swept away with what other people are doing. Yeah. And they might be more trend based, whereas we are more of a classic style,
1: classic style that we're
0: sort of going for. Yeah. So I think and I think
1: that's a constant um that takes discipline and it yeah. takes being very conscious of and, and I think it, it gets a little bit easier, but I think we all are prone to a bit of insecurity every now and then and you know you sort of looking yeah. at what, are, what are they doing or what are they doing you know yeah um, yeah and I think that uh for me, I learned that the hard way. There was a, yeah. a, an early season early on where I, I did take notice of what competitors were doing. And yeah. um, it was very early on in, in Edie's life. And I was probably very insecure. I felt like an imposter completely. And it, I look back now in hindsight, and that's the one season where it just didn't resonate with me. You know, it didn't feel good. And, and I made a vow to myself after that. that I wouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, it's good that that yeah.
0: happened early on for you, though, and not so. Yeah. that and, and yeah, it, it happened. You learned from it. You moved on. You found your space, and you sticked with it. You know, I think yeah. it's good.
1: Look, I think. Um, yeah, thank you. I think. Look, I'm always riddled with angst at the launch yeah. of every new collection because you do you put your heart and soul yeah. into it, and it is subjective. You know, you can't. Yeah you you can't appeal to everybody's tastes no um, but it, becoming more comfortable with that realization has helped me yeah. you know sort of yeah. stay true to who we are so yeah when when I first yeah.
0: heard I think this ties into this next idea like when I first heard about you I actually well the, about the brand Edie Lifestyle I thought you were Edie mm-hmm. but that's not the case is it Like yeah, she's right. a character that you created or almost sort of came to you that you sort of stick in when you do your design work how did that come about did the idea of the business come out first or was it Edie tapping you on the shoulder saying
1: hello you should be doing this (laughs) Edie came to me at a moment of I was I was in the shower I was crying I was devastated I I had uh, started a previous business about 18 months before and I had the distributorship of a Swedish brand called Linum and I had taken myself over to Stockholm and met with the CEO over there and convinced him to give me the rights to the linen brand, which was a 50-year-old uh, homewares brand uh, at that time. And lucky for me, uh, he he took me on, which was great. I had no idea what I was doing. And I came back and I turned that business into, you know, uh, well, I, I I started going to trade fairs and I built up a really, really wonderful wholesale client base, worked really hard and felt my way along, fumbled along, made plenty of mistakes. But... At about fourteen months into it, we we had a great client base, but Linum actually went into receivership, and uh, yeah, and they were bought out by a private equity firm. Oh. And I flew over there for like forty-eight hours to meet with this this new firm. They were really happy with what we were doing over here, but it didn't resonate with me. They were going in a completely different direction, and it was one that I just couldn't authentically uh, embrace. So I declined uh, to, you know. The, to continue. That's the, massive. The first yeah, it was huge. It was terrifying. Yeah, that's
0: massive. Yeah. Would you, like there must have been a lot of fear for you around that decision like oh am I making the wrong am I doing the wrong thing
1: so much yeah it was it was everything and I was a single mother of three uh teenage young young girls at the time and um who were totally dependent on me and um and I had put my blood sweat and tears into creating this um you know I thought it was my, my future so I was in the shower crying thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, what what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I can't do this with authenticity, which is really big for me, but I can't. I can't not provide for my kids. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was in that moment in the shower. I remember it like it was yesterday. And Edie came to me in full force. She tapped me on the shoulder. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I just got goosebumps. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's. I still get goosebumps when I talk about it because it was a life changing moment for me. It was. It was. It was one of those meant to be moments, and um, yeah. She's not a character that has evolved over time. She came to me in all her detail. The full personality just uh, hit me and I went into the office into with my very, very small team the next day and I said, we're doing it, we're doing it ourselves and Edie was born and, you know, that first few months was beautiful because I was quite, I'd never manufactured. So with Linnum I was actually going over and I was um selecting pieces that I thought would work in this market, but I was not not designing and I I certainly wasn't manufacturing. So for the first... Which is totally different. completely different. So for the first eight to 10 weeks, I was in just this beautiful, juicy, creative bubble, just exploring Edie and, you know, sketching designs and, uh, you know, it was really, really fun. And and that's where I really sort of fleshed out, you know, what she meant to me and and what she looked like and how she sounded and who her friends were, and she's very much a real person to me and she's very much a creative compass of, of the Yeah, uh, Yeah,
0: yeah. Would, would you consider her a muse or is it almost like your inner wise woman giving you permission or is she like your perfect
1: client or uh, is it a combination of all three? She's probably – the thing I love about Edie is she's very interesting, and she's uh, she's not stereotypical. She's quite quirky. She has a very she's probably my my the, my inner, wise woman talking to me at times and and a little bit of my muse. I yeah. think the thing that's appealing uh, with Edie is that there's a regardless of whether you're male, female where you live, how you live, there's an aspect of Edie's life that I think people aspire to. She's quite a free spirit. She has a very broad friendship base. She's had amazing life experiences and she really doesn't conform. So I guess there's part of Edie's life and her personality that I aspire yeah. to to sort of be more like. She's really wise. She's, she's just got it all together, you know, and she's unapologetic about it. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, it makes for really, really fun sort of um, adventures, yeah. Like our style, but wanting to stay, we also do
0: bespoke interior design. To make you love your home more, peonyandsilk.com.au. Do you, like, talk to her? Do you have conversations when you start, like, designing or is it just – or do you kind of become her?
1: I do become her in the sense that I, I really try and just embody her when I'm, you know, designing the next collection or thinking about the journey. I really try and put myself as much as I can into her shoes because that really helps the design process. And I feel like I know her quite intimately. We don't actually talk to each other. You know, I'm, I'm often, <laughs> and it's not for any other reason. It's just that when I, uh, it would be like talking to myself. Yeah, um, yeah. So when I, I really try and just uh, to to zoom into her body, fly into her body and her mentality, and I observe her a lot. You know, even as we're talking now, I'm seeing her walk through her lounge room and, you know, there's white lilies and I I can see the books that she has and how she styled the room. And, you know, I, I have that subconsciously you know going on all the time
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: I think it's a fascinating
0: way to sort of approach creating like and and design like having such a really clear vision and Mm. I don't even want to call her a character because it's almost like she's real but you know what I mean like I think it's really fascinating and it must make things easier having that or does it
1: yeah. Well, for, for me it it does. I I don't have any formal uh design back training or, or education, your qualifications. So uh, for me, and it was a total, I didn't set out to create Edie. I wasn't trying to, um, you know, I, yeah. I was in a state of despair. I, I didn't know what yeah. was next. So, yes, it's, it's helped me. It's given me framework and parameters having her on board with me, you know, that has um, been of great assistance, I think. And if I hadn't have had that, I probably, gee, would be, all over the place. I tend to be like that in personality, anyway. I'm sort of <laughs> like, like my attention spans quite small. <laughs> um, so you know, I'm looking at one place. Wow, oh, that's great! And, no, this is really exciting. And I think that that would probably be what my my design process would be like yeah. too if I didn't yeah. have Eden She's kind of like my discipline, really. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. a really interesting, fun discipline. Yeah, she keeps me on track.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is good because uh, as a creatives, you do tend to be like, oh, shiny thing, shiny thing. Uh, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah
1: I have I have a very limited attention span and yeah it's funny oh, though it's really I, I'd never prior to ED, I'd never considered myself uh, a creative at all I'd I'd really been in business and yeah. before and um you know in restaurants and hotels and and yeah. things like that so I was very much the sort of the back end of the business type of yeah. um person, person. uh whereas, Uh, But I was, uh, my heart was never in it. You know, I was constantly there was something tugging me. There was some void, and um, I think that I've made the the transition over to really embrace the creative side of my personality.
0: I had a background in banking, and then I before I had my kids, I was studying. I was studying law and Ah. working in criminal law as a paralegal. So, and now (laughs) it's like two different worlds. It's like you've done a complete shift, haven't you? Yeah, 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 Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: Interesting. Yeah. And did so, you feel like that too when you were doing, uh, uh, you know, I, your paralegal? Did you feel that there was a yearning for something more, like you, you weren't being nourished?
0: Yeah, totally. When I grew up, I always wanted to be an architect. I would study like um, the, on in the Sunday papers. You, there would be like the. The houses and the the floor plans in the houses that you could buy, and I, I remember studying them as a kid. And I went to I grew up on the central coast, and I went to school at, in Terrigal and and I was doing tech drawing. And I said to the teacher, "I want to be an architect." And he said, "You can't be an architect; only men are architects." And that and then I went to a old girls school, and you know, oh, and wow. that was it. There was it was always there. That the love of it was always there, yeah. and it wasn't until after I had kids that I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I can't, yeah, I want to do something else.
1: You know our stories are quite parallel. Because yeah. I was living, um, I was living on the central coast, and I did oh, twelve wait. months of, yeah, I was living at Copacabana at the time, oh, and uh, my, my ex-husband lives- and yeah. oh, okay, it's a beautiful part of yeah. the world, yeah, and um, my ex-husband and I, we had the McDonald's franchise at Arona, oh wow, yeah, yeah, and I, I had started commuting. I was studying an interior architecture course part-time down in sydney three nights a week and then i fell pregnant so i i with commuting and travel and the business it was just too much so i didn't actually ever complete that but i loved that side of it too yeah Yeah. the the drawing and the drafting yeah yeah yeah. it's awesome
0: now I know you. You've designed, and you. We were talking about it before with the Luca cushion. Like, have very high specs for your materials, mm-hmm. and you travel a lot to India to do the hand dyeing and dipping and stuff. Has COVID impacted on you much in regards to? Oh, massively. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's fine for the moment because when I I had sort of found my rhythm with India. Where I, you know, I used to go over there and just focus on one season at a time, and I was quite rigid in my approach to how I I went about um, each trip, and I, you know, tried to be super organized, and you know, I had briefing documents for my suppliers, and you know, yeah. I I was quite anal about all of that, and then as I eased into it and relaxed into it, I just let my eyes open yeah. and my mind wander, and. As a result of that process, inspiration came to me I found myself that I was also not only planning for the next collection but then I'd see things that would, you know, inspire me for the collection or two collections after that. So I always had like a stockpile of ideas and inspiration happening and I was starting to work forward, more forward, which was great when COVID hit because I had a lot of sampling uh, that was already in process or that had been completed that I could draw upon for the next collection so I think I'm right for another collection or two but I'm really yearning to to get back there and it's just so it feels like a really authentic process when when I've had that time over there and worked very very closely with my with my team over there and not having that it just something feels like it's it's missing from the process a little bit but yeah, yeah. I went to
0: India last year for a buying trip and it's an assault on the senses. It's an amazing, amazing country. Yeah. But uh, w- when you were saying that you, ha- you had very strict, rigid sort of um, when you first went over there, I can't imagine that working terribly
1: well in India. It was like in, India, uh, it, they in a snowstorm, <laughs> you know, it was just pointless and it was my prior to uh the the business that I was involved in I I had worked in corporate advertising in Sydney really a long time ago but I guess it was me trying to apply the the corporate skills and knowledge that I had to this process you know and and it was systemized and you know a lot of preparation and organization going into it and really I remember one day I was just like I've wasted so much time because I, I went over there with very distinct ideas on, you know, the colour palettes that I was going to be running with and and I came back and my team laughed at me because it was just completely opposite and different to what I came back with, with yeah. um, and what we ended up going with was just like nothing, nothing. <laughs> nothing with, um, <laughs> sorry about, my dog. Oh, no, sorry that's about okay. my dog barking in the background. <laughs> Yeah, That's so often. I scrapped that after that and saved myself yeah. a whole lot of time and then just really let the let it enable the process to become very organic. Yeah, meant to be. We'd love to meet your friends and style them up. Share
0: this podcast, then DM us, Facebook or Instagram, for your top 10 free styling to sell tips from our team at Peony and Silk. Now you've recently shifted your attitude to design, like designs traditionally something that's you know run by very tight deadlines and things like that. Do you want to talk about why you've sort of moved to that emphasis of sort of slowing down? Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. Oh, uh, look, when um when COVID hit, you know, it was um yeah it was a really once again one of those really scary moments. And mm-hmm. you know, as you get older in life, you you tend to I've always said now there's not much that really frightens me you know I, I think I've been through num- enough life experience where I've kind of dealt with the highs and lows yeah. so you know if something happens that sort of throws you into a bit of a spin you've, you've got experience to draw from yeah. and to help you through yeah, yeah. and with COVID nobody did and you know your usual go-tos people that maybe might be a bit of a mentor or might offer you support or you know like just you know more moral support they didn't know either That nobody knew what it was going to look like so it was quite quite scary so for the first few days I was really sad there were a few tears because I really believed I did all of my my cash flow planning and analysis based on not one bit of revenue coming in for six months you know just nothing everything coming to a grinding halt and how how long would we have to survive and I I guess in those moments um I was down and licking my wounds and feeling probably a bit sorry for myself and for two days. And then I thought, well, you know what, I'm, I'm not in control of any of this. And the only thing I can do is control, control how I, I react to it. Yeah. And I just decided to focus and celebrate and take a breath and actually acknowledge what we'd achieved as a brand to date, rather than sort of continually worrying about the future I just thought well hold on hang on like we've actually we haven't had our head up for six years let's smell the roses and really celebrate what we've achieved because we've just been in doing mode for so long and that really changed my it made me realize how tired uh tired horse after six (laughs) years of of just you know on the treadmill and it made me also realize respect the process more than I had done in the past respect the love and the the effort and the care not just from me but from the team of people that create that bring ED and our products to life you know I, I felt that it was time to really Focus on that, and be thankful, and be grateful, and um, honour honour, yeah. and what we as a team have achieved. And then I really decided to part of the the process that I think I enjoy the least is being answerable to this industry treadmill, which kind of dictates that, you know, you have a new season every six months. And, you know, just as you're putting one season, you're launching one season, you're, you you don't even get time to enjoy it because you're so head down working on the next season to meet these deadlines That yeah. that didn't really make sense to me. So through this process, I've just really decided to keep off that treadmill and not be not be drawn into that treadmill and and the pressure to to have this output, but to really stay true to the process and celebrating our own sort of way of doing it. And if that doesn't sort of comply with industry standards, that's okay because that's our choice. Yeah, really uh, just probably just being a lot more grateful for the whole process and not taking it for granted. So that's been a really nice lesson actually. I think covid
0: has there's been lots of positives that you can have out of COVID I know for us it was um about really narrowing down what our look was and not and doing what you did earlier in your career and not trying to follow trends like just find our little spot and how we like to do stuff and I think it's been an awesome opportunity for that and and to also be you know incredibly grateful to my team and all the people around us and I think it's it's really good.
1: I was blown away. You know, we, we're a small team. Funny, prior to COVID, we I had put on a whole team of people we were sort of scaling up and out and we'd been distributing with Nordstrom over in the States and, you know, it was just it was just becoming bigger and and I was liking it a lot less to be honest. I didn't realize, but I used to wake up and just not really be, you know, enthusiastic about going into the office anymore. And I, I wasn't enjoying it and what COVID, uh, brought to me. And I, I think, you know, there's lessons in everything. I'm a complete optimist like that when, you know, when there's challenging times, there's always a lesson to learn, yeah, absolutely. but it really, you know, it just, it brought me back to basics and, uh, and back to, you know, a smaller team and, uh, just just the the team are, are, still are amazing you know just what they've they've dug so deeply to work hard get us through this and we all have we've bonded and yeah it's just been it's been a really really great experience for us from that perspective yeah,
0: yeah. yes i have to agree it's the same thing with with me and my team it's just been fantastic and i'm just so incredibly grateful mm. for my team as well it's just mm. it's awesome Penny and silk if you like our style, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. When you sort of made that uh, decision that actually I'm going to take this opportunity to sort of step back mm-hmm. and, and not be so focused on the the industry treadmill, has it been has it given you the ability to be more creative? Has it opened you back up creatively
1: or it's been very liberating for my mental state of being, you know and my approach to the business. realistically, we have we we're working harder than ever at the moment yeah. so from a time perspective, it's probably it's hard to tell because we're we're all sort of hands up, we've rolled up our sleeves and we're probably each and every one of us are at capacity at the moment and that's I've erred on a conservative side with the business and our you know our expenses and our operation because I still don't think that we have ridden this whole journey yet so I'm, I'm sort of making sure you know I'm being fiscally really responsible and um, you know we're, we're all working really hard in the business and I'm probably back to working in the business and not on the business as much as I would like but I'm aware of it and I think this is an extraordinary time in, in you know, history and I just yeah. have to do what's needed, what I think is needed at this point in time. But I also, as we say in the office, the sun is shining and it will. it's going to shine again and we are going yeah. to get back to, you know, whether it's a new normal or a closer state of, of normal and I'm really looking forward to getting embracing this new new found freedom and applying that to my designs going forward. I think it's going to be really, really liberating and fun.
0: And talking about designs going forward, you've got a new collection coming out shortly, October, November, called Grace. Yeah. I understand it's all about calmness, which is sort of permeating your business at the moment are you able to give us any sneak peeks or ideas of what what it's going to be like yeah
1: for sure um i'm really excited by uh by grace it's very different to what we've done before and it is it really came from a place of drawing a line in the sound and saying no more noise just slow down slow down elegance tranquility uh, peace quiet Thoughtfulness, uh, that type of thing. So yeah. it's really very, and the most uh, exquisite fabrics. We've always had punchy colour thrown in, and that's very that, that's very indicative of Edie's life and her personality. You know, it's all quite classic and beautiful, but there's always you know this this statement punchy yeah. surprise, yeah, a statement that, that comes into the collection. We don't really have that this time around. they they're just beautiful fabrics with lots of movement and life and but really calm soulful colours so we've uh-huh. used and, and earthy colours so you lovely sort of antique roses soft blues, ivories um, torques just very, very classic, lovely, calm, beautiful pieces. So I can't wait. To it feel made me dirty. feel Yeah, <laughs> thank you. And beautiful, you know, reversible fabrics oh, and reversible jacquards yeah. and beautiful linens and leather and you know, um but but really, really it's been a real focus on yeah, everything had to make me feel calm, otherwise, yeah. uh I I couldn't even I couldn't even focus on yeah. it. I couldn't even try and work with it. So yep. yeah, it's I'm really excited oh. by this collection and I think it's taking us back to our roots oh, and like and really it. back to basics. Oh um,
0: I'm yeah, excited. thank you. I'm excited. Thank you so much. I'm really okay. nervous.
1: I always get be nervous. nervous.
0: Be nervous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous before I you know, you sort of think, Oh my god, I'm sending my baby out into the world and you I know. hope people uh you know, it resonates yeah uh, with, with people and you know, sometimes it will, sometimes it won't, but um, Um, We all really love it, so that's a good start.
0: I can't wait to see it. I look forward to using it in some nice
1: properties in Newcastle. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much for um, joining us today. I really appreciate your time. It's been been lots of fun.
1: Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. We love your style. Thanks for listening. Got any stylish questions for us or want to showcase your own style? peonyandsilk.com.au